last Saturday, November the 24th, the Fort Henry course in Kingston, Ontario played host to the 2018 Canadian Cross Country Championships. The event brought in record participation numbers as well as a large crowd of spectators, but it was the actual racing that I think people will remember the most. On this week's show, we'll tell the story of the senior races from the point of view of two of the runners who spent a lot of time at the front. Jean-Vierre Lalonde, the winner of the women's race, Canadian steeplechase record holder, and Olympian joins us to talk later in the show. But first, Mike Tate. He was a second place finisher this year in the men's race after moving from Utah to his new home in Guelph, Ontario. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Twitter and Instagram, a Tracky Radio production. In the senior men's race, Luke Brochet made it very clear. He would be going fast, and he was daring anyone to match or beat him on that Fort Henry course. Now, out of a large field present, there was only one runner who chose to stick with Luke on his breakneck pace, and that was East Coaster Mike Tate. Mike Tate is a known threat in the five and just finished up his time at SUU in the NCAA and has moved back to Canada to chase his running dreams with the Speed River Club in Guelph. We caught up with Mike earlier this week. You know, there's a, there's a whole lot to talk about. Um, it seems that uh, I think since since we last talked in February, uh, your your whole training life, I would say, has has changed a lot. But I think we should start with the big story, and that is that you came in second at this uh, this past weekend's cross country national championships after quite an exciting race. Perhaps we, we can start there. What happened in that race? And, you know, like, how did it feel from your end? Yeah, um, it, it was, um, I feel like it was a pretty good race. It was pretty mucky out there. Um, got pretty cold and started raining just for the start of our race, which is uh, pure cross-country racing, I guess. Um, Luke, again, uh, made it clear his intentions from the gun, went straight to the front and kept the pace hard the entire time. Um, with where my training was at this fall, uh, I felt like I had a pretty good chance and I really wanted to test that fitness against a guy like Luke. Um, and I knew, um, that Luke wasn't going to let off. Like I saw what he did last year. Um, and I knew he was capable of holding it all the way to the line. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to test myself, um, and latched on to the back of him and knew if I wanted to have a chance at winning that, that was the way that was the best chance I was going to have of beating him. Um, and yeah, he just kept it pretty quick. We came through the first lap, um, and Luke and I pulled a little bit away from um, the chase pack that had uh, Evan, Ehab, Flanagan, Linkletter, um, and Ben Preisner. Um And then in the second lap, um, at the top of the hill near the end of the loop, with about 400 meters left of the loop going around that hard right, uh, I slipped in the mud. Um, I didn't take a very good line. I went down, um, and I got up, and I, I tried to get back to Luke as evenly as possible. Um, I felt like I did a decent job. Um, I got to him just about by the time we hit the bottom of the hill, hit the, the timing mat again for the, for the next split. Um, and I felt okay, like I did it decently within myself, um, but then hitting those hills. And by the time it got to the top of the course, I really felt it then. And, um, yeah, that's when Luke started pulling away. And um, 
I kind of just try to stay focused on not falling apart, keeping strong and, and maintaining um, second place. And that's how the race finished. You know, you, you talked about slipping in the mud. And if people actually go to, to your Instagram account, uh, the handle kind of escapes me right now. So so perhaps you can can throw that in, in your answer, but uh, they can see that slip in the mud. You know, the fun thing about that Kingston course is that, you know, it can be a completely different beast when it's uh, when it's wet just because it's all about finding your lines and stuff. Otherwise, I think it's it runs a pretty fast course. Uh, there, how did you prepare for that for that course, and and you know what are your, what are your thoughts on the Kingston uh, Fort Henry course? Yeah, um, thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to plug myself in, in the interview. The, the handles uh, Mike underscore Kate twelve. Um, but yeah, to prep for that course, it does run fast. Um, if it doesn't get too sloppy, it's pretty hard. Um, um, even even when it does get muddy, it still it still like holds up pretty well, and you can still you can still roll on it pretty good. Um, to get ready for that, um, mostly to get ready for the the sharp turns, the one eighties. Um, Dave made a one k loop out at one of the parks in Guelph. Um, that had a lot of twists and turns, um, some like gradual uphills, gradual downhills that kind of mirror what is it at Fort Henry. Um, so we got out there a few times for some interval work um, to try to get ready for that. Um, obviously, didn't quite have the mud when we did those repeats, but um, it was good, I think, to to do that, to prep a little bit. Um, but yeah, even still, like the times were still pretty quick. Like Luke broke 30 still, which is, I think, pretty impressive considering the, the mud and the, uh, the rain that was falling and, and the temperature. Yeah, definitely. You know, I th- I think a couple weeks ago to um, Connor Black, your teammate, when he won the the university championships on that exact same course. You know, when when we talked, he said like, what was important to him was you know through the entire conditions and stuff, it was running pretty cold uh, that day. Probably a pretty similar temperature to what you guys face. He he said he wasn't afraid to put on you know like a long sleeve shirt and, and that sort of stuff. You know, did the, did any of that mi- go through your mind? You know, just before you took to the starting line. Um, a little. Like I took a long sleeve um, with me that I had ready and at the course to wear. Um, if it was if it was going to be colder um i actually didn't i didn't feel the the temperature of it um until the last lap going up that long last gradual hill before that last right hand turn around the rock at the top and then then i was like oh wow it's it's really cold the rain's starting to come down this is brutal um but before that i really didn't even notice it um so i think the uh i went with just arm sleeves and gloves and i think that was um for me that was the right choice on the day so your life has changed a lot, like I mentioned off the top, since uh, we last talk, talked in February. You know, you've you've left uh, Utah where you're going to school, and you joined the Speed River Group. Um, you know, I have to think that there there probably could have been a couple of different options for you. Why did you choose to go to Guelph? Yeah, um, Scott reached out to me during the indoor season um, and just kind of put it in my ear. Uh, that Speed River was an option for me if I was interested after university. Um, and we stayed in contact a little bit uh, throughout the outdoor season as well. Like he didn't want to kind of 
um, bog me down or anything during my season and I realized that I was focusing on on school season still. Um, but once the season was over, we talked a bit more. Uh, we set up a visit. And um, I came to Guelph and met the guys, met Dave, checked out some of the trails and stuff, um, the facilities. Um, and, yeah, it just it felt right. Um, I got along really well with the guys. Uh, I really liked the city. Um, and um, I didn't realize it until I came back, but uh, I really miss Canada, too, so I'm really glad to be back. Um, not that I, I'm not missing you probably a little bit now, but with the, <laughs> the cold temperatures we've been having as of late. But, uh, but no, yeah, I'm really happy to be back in Canada and training. Um, and, yeah, I think so far it's it's been uh, the right choice. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've obviously spent quite a bit of time in Guelph and stuff, and they have a lot of great trails. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of up-and-coming athletes who are – who are pretty hungry, you know, who are chasing those times and stuff. Would you, would you say that the fit's been really good so far? Yeah, I think, I think the fit's been, been really well. Um, like you said, yeah, it's, it's not the speed river it used to be. Um, after 2016, a lot of those names that everybody recognizes, they, they retired or, um, or like Reed's down in Hamilton now um, with his family or moved back East. Um, but yeah, those young guys are definitely hungry and want to step up and, and fill those roles. And, um, I also want to establish myself as, as one of the best runners in Canada and like have aspirations for Olympic and world teams. Um, so I think that we fit well and have similar goals and help to push each other, um, to try and reach those goals. You know, I've, I've seen that you've actually gotten a couple of runs in with, uh, with Reed Coolsat and, Reed, of course, people know him as the the Olympic marathoner. Um, you know, I believe the second fastest active Canadian marathoner. You know, third third of all time. He he also can impart a lot of wisdom onto people. You know, I've heard all sorts of things that that Reed has told uh, different people, whether they're just pointers or you know things that can can help them out in their running career. Has he has he passed anything on to you uh, yet? Yeah, um, every time working out with Reed. Uh, it was fantastic. Like he said, he's got so much experience, um, and he he um, he doesn't mind passing it on. He um, yeah, so he does. Um, he's been around the block, um, and he knows what it takes. Um, and um, just yeah, kind of with training and everything, and staying healthy. He and managing injuries luckily i didn't have any injuries this fall so i didn't have to talk to him about any of that but um the week leading up to the race he sent me a message and was like yeah man like you've been having good workouts i've been looking at you strava um talking to to dave as well like you can go and you can win this like um just put yourself in position to to do it um and like don't be afraid of anyone and that that was a big confidence booster to to hear that from a guy like him you know, speaking of Guelph, uh, anyone who has spent time in the city or maybe has listened to uh, the the hip podcast series, Something in the Water, available on citiesmag.com, a uh, little plug there. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's a whole bunch of different venues and stuff uh, around there with uh, with workouts associated to them. You know, there's uh, the Cooks and Carter, there's, you know, the Gun Club, there is the Bridges. 
perhaps uh, talk to us about, you know, one of your favorite uh, workouts like that and, and perhaps, uh, you know, explain the significance of it and, and what happens in it. Yeah. Um, for us this year, we had a lot of the early season stuff out there. Um, the early season, like Fart Lake and Tempo Sessions, we did a lot of that out there, which was really nice. It's all um, like dirt roads. Um, which was good for, for the early season. Um, then when we start get, started getting back into it a bit more, we did, but we changed those sessions from there on to Cooks and Carter. Um, I, I joked with the guys um, that the workouts at Gun Club or Cooks and Carter, they don't really get you fit. It's the uh, cool down on the way back, running up Stone Road Hill is what gets you fit because um, that hill is no fun to run at all. Um, especially not after a hard effort out at Cooks and Carter or, or Gun Club. Um, but I would have to say my favorite uh, is probably Bridges, um, just because, um, like, the guys just talk about, like, the splits that guys have hit in the past. Um, you're allowed to – you're able to open it up a bit more than you do out at Cooks or, or Gun Club. Those are more fartlek um, aerobic where – where bridges you get a roll a bit more and um kind of see what you got and um so i'd probably go with with bridges was was my favorite you know you, you talk about enjoying back being back in canada uh you of course are from the east coast and i think the the east coast uh you know over the past little bit has has had a, a bit of a, a revival in it in its running season um you know i think to stuff like you know runners of the niche the the new book from from alex here which you actually uh you you get name dropped a couple times in there but uh you know also you know angus rawling having having such a great season and you know you've had you know a good couple years behind you as well too uh with with more to come you know i i'd like to hear you know maybe some thoughts on on that east coast uh scene and and you know if if you're still in touch with the boys out there and and you know if you talk to them at all. Yeah. Um, I definitely keep in contact with those guys. Um, uh, a few guys I ran with in high school, um, run for St. of X. So, uh, definitely keep in contact with them. Um, especially over the Christmas break, um, over the years when I've gone back, I've put them in a lot of miles with, uh, Paul McClellan. Um, he was a couple of years behind me in high school, but he runs for X now. I think he was there third man for the majority of the season this year um i remember one year i went home for uh spring break um back to Anaganish, um and i messaged the guys on the team and they had just finished aus and a lot of them were on downtime but um angus actually i really didn't know angus other than that he was from alberta and going to saint of x but he met up with me every single day and we got in a bunch of runs together, which was really sweet. Um, we've kind of kept in contact since. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, it's taken a a step forward. I think guys like Alex here and Cal the Wolf really kind of, um, were hungry at X and had high aspirations and that, that attitude and that, um, those aspirations kind of rubbed off on other guys. And, um, I think helped with what Angus has done, um, winning that three K last year and, um, always being a threat, um, as, a as a podium contender. Um, yeah. Uh, I think the East coast is, is doing pretty well with, with the amount of guys we have. The population is not too, too big. It's no Southern Ontario, but they hold their own, I think. 
You had a chance to to read Alex's book yet? I actually haven't. Uh, I really need to get on that, but um, no, not yet. Oh man, it's 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 a good one. Once you get around to it, once it's 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 a pretty good read. Um, okay, so you know, I imagine you're taking a little bit of downtime right now, but uh, you know, there there is that indoor season that that's coming up soon. Uh, there's going to be probably a couple good opportunities to race there, but you know, this is your first chance to really kind of opt out of it, if if that's what you so choose. Um, you know, you have the big. Uh, cross country, you know, world championships that's, that's coming up as well too. What's, what's the next couple of months looking like for you? Uh, you're right in saying that I'm on some downtime. This week will be, uh, pretty laid back and, and slowly getting back into it. Um, as far as an indoor season goes, um, Dave and I are going to sit down next week and kind of build that plan, build that schedule. Um, nothing set in stone. Um, we've discussed all different types of possibilities. Um, earlier we discussed potentially going back out to Seattle, just because familiar with that, or heading down to Boston or Spire somewhere that's a bit closer. Um, or, or maybe even McGill, but, um, nothing's really set and, um, yeah, we'll sit down we'll talk and kind of see what fits best to building towards having the best race in, in Denmark at the end of March. So what are the big goals for the next year? Um, just bring those times down on the track um, this spring. Just uh, get as close to um, basically those potential Olympic standards as possible um, and just try to build for a good 2020 and um, set myself up well for a potential Olympic birth. I mean that that five thousand is looking pretty good right now. You know, you guys, you got guys like like Ahmed, and you got guys like like Knight, and you know, obviously Bruchet is up there as well too. What uh, what events are are you looking at? I know you have that killer five k time, but you know, would you be looking to you know branch out into the ten k as well too? Yeah, um, I think so. I uh, I did run the ten k on the track last year. Um, it didn't go quite as well as I think it could have. Um, but I found out after last, last outdoor season ended that I actually ran through mono the entire outdoor season last year. So that could have been part of the reason it didn't go as well as I wanted. So, um, yeah, definitely. Um, if it fits, give the pack another crack and keep trying to bring that 5k down. You know, talking to uh, to Connor Black last week, uh, we ended it off with with talking about the the Terminal Mile Cup, and and he mentioned that uh, you know he was thinking Mark Patton himself, yourself, but he left the fourth out in that uh, in that in a potential DMR from you guys. Who would be that fourth person, and uh, who would run which legs? Because I, I was kind of puzzled about that as well too. <laughs> Uh, well, that depends, um, if we're trying to put together our fastest team, <laughs> our most competitive team, or just like for jokes team. Um, because if we're trying to put together our fastest team, I'm sorry, Connor, I don't think you're going to make the cut. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I think, I think guys like Mark Patton and Josh Kellier and Mustafa el have better mile 1200 wheels than Connor does. Um, I know Connor's going to try and prove me wrong this indoor season. Um, <laughs> And I think myself as well, I think I have better mile legs than him as well. And then that 800 leg would have to be a guy like, if you're thinking a young guy, then Andrew LeBlanc, if you want to go with an over-liable, then 
Anthony Romanu, and then the 400 leg. I don't, I don't know the sprinters, um, so I, I couldn't tell you who with that 400 leg. Maybe put Romanu in one, and, and Andrew on the other. Man, I think you're going to get quite a bit of smoke from that answer. Um, <laughs> I think so too, but that's all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, man, congratulations on on such a gutsy race and and uh, you know a good outcome there. And it's it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Th- thanks a lot. Thank you, Michael. Um, it's always a pleasure being on and and getting to talk to you. It wasn't that long into the senior women's race before it was down to just four runners at the front. You had the women's national ten thousand meter record holder Natasha Wodak, the defending cross country champion. Claire Sumner, a sub 4'10'1500m runner, Caitlin Ayres, and the Canadian steeplechase record holder, Jean-Vievre Lalonde. Now, after some great racing, Jean-Vievre pulled away for the victory, cruising by herself for the last few kilometers. Jean-Vievre has had a wild couple years, making a world's final as well as an Olympic team, breaking the national record, and 2019 is already shaping up to be more of the same. We chatted with her earlier this week. So, you know, obviously with the with the championship under your belt now, uh, we'll definitely have to address that later on. But first, I want to go back, um, I want to say about a year and a month, maybe a year and two months ago. Um, I was joining the Speed River team for a workout down at the bridges, uh, the very famous bridges. And you were out there and like you were just killing that workout you you know had so much focus and and like you were executing really well and it just looked like an athlete who was in you know peak fitness now flash forward to that november we didn't see you on the line so you know like the question's always kind of been there why why now why are you out running cross country now yeah um actually last year i was kind of gearing up for cross country that was the plan um, however, about a month out, I, uh, I strained a rib and, um, you know, I didn't know what had happened at, at the time. I thought I was just really sick. Um, and, uh, then, you know, I had a, a family event. My sister was getting married. So I went to the, the wedding and, um, and I tried to go out for a run and I couldn't breathe. And, uh, suddenly it was like, you know, that famous bridges workout, you know, I've done it many times and I know when when I'm doing it, um, how I feel and, and, uh, yeah, things were going really, really well. And, um, but then, yeah, ultimately I couldn't race, um, about a, a week out, you know, I was still kind of hobbling around and figuring things out. Um, straining a rib is a different, it's not exactly, um, the most convenient of injuries. And, uh, you know, it just makes, it just makes life tough nonetheless running. So, um, yeah, so we just took some, some time off at that point and uh, refocused on to uh, indoors and Commonwealth Games and, and uh, the outdoor season. So, um, so I missed out last year, but then this year, you know, I had kind of put it on the, on the list of things to do again. And um, actually, it was a few weeks out uh, before the race. Um, again, Kate, myself and Kate Ayers uh, were out on that Bridges Loop. And, uh, I remember turning to Kate and we were just having an awesome workout. You know, we were changing the lead. We were, um, running back and forth and, and we were running times that we hadn't run before. And we both just like looked so smooth and it just felt easy. And, uh, we both just looked at each other and I was like, you know, 
we are really fit right now. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was really cool to be able to share that with a teammate. And, uh, and I was like, you know, I think we can do something special at, at National Cross. And she's like, yeah, like, what are you thinking? And I was like, you know, I think we can definitely qualify for this team in Denmark. And uh, Kate kind of laughed it off and was like, haha, sure. And then sure enough, you know, two weeks later, she was racing AOs and just dominated. And um, that kind of just enhanced uh, my my thoughts on, on, on all of that. And, um, you know, it definitely gave her a confidence boost. Um, mind you, she, she tweaked her ankle in that race. So um, she actually had to take a week off. But I was checking in like daily with her to make sure that she was okay. And um, and then once we uh, once we got out to Kingston, you know, we were definitely ready. Um, we had done a, a, a similar workout um, on on the Monday leading into to the race, and um, and you know, same thing. We were just hitting our times and and um, and running really smoothly. And uh, so when we got on the line in Kingston, we both kind of looked at each other, and I think in that moment we. We knew that, um, you know, not only would we have pretty good individual performances, but uh, also um, as a team, we could do something pretty special. And uh, I think, uh, you know, having Rachel Hannah um, a part of our team has been a huge asset. And then having um, Hannah Woodhouse come out from from the varsity season and help us out was uh, was equally as awesome. And Sarah Wismer um, hang in there as well. So uh, we had a pretty good group, and um, it was great to to get a team title for. Uh, the Speed River ladies and individually, you know, I had, I had a really great race and I was really happy with that and, um, and very, very happy to, to now have qualified um, to head to Denmark with, uh, with my teammate Kate Ayers. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, Kate and we'll definitely talk uh, a little bit more about her, um, you know, coming, coming later in the, in the interview, but you know, I want to call back uh, a couple weeks ago. I talked to Matt Hughes and he was talking about Jerry Schumacher of the Bowerman group. And he said that that Jerry's entire idea behind the group was that each member should be able to put down a good 1500 and a good, um, you know, a good uh, like half marathon within, you know, a couple of weeks of each other, you know, at any time throughout the year, you know, people know Kate as a 1500 meter runner and, and you as a 3000 sepal runner who has a really good 1500 time as well, too, you know, but you know, balance that with with the fact that that Dave is is known for you know a lot of you know really really strong runners as well too. If you had to you know summarize Dave's coaching philosophy you know into a similar sort of model, what what do you think it would be? Would it be similar to the Schumacher model? Oh yeah, um, and you know Dave is so awesome in in that perspective that he's learning from all of these coaches at the same time. Like I know that Dave has, has had conversations with Jerry. Um, about his coaching philosophy and uh and yeah they have very similar models in that you know you are able to run all of these distances um all the way until a few weeks up to um your main event and then you kind of start to focus on on what on what you're going to be whether it be you know marathon half marathon or whether it be um 3k steeple on the track and uh so you know throughout the year we're running quite a bit of mileage and um we're doing so many diverse workouts that uh, we're able to, to kind of jump into different um, different kind of races. And and I think that's one thing that a lot of people kind of, like, especially myself, you know, I, I kind of doubted being able to run 10K cross. Because, you know, it's so different than, than um, 
say, 5K cross or, or 3,000-meter steeplechase, you know, just a different zone. And uh, But um, once I got on the line and once I started running with the girls, you know, I kind of reminded myself that, like, look, you've been doing this for years. Like, we've been heading out on the trails and doing tempo workouts um, forever. I mean, that, that was kind of the joke around um, when, when I was in college that, like, if you were sick, the prescription was tempo. And um, so, yeah, I think Dave, you know, he's he's – a coach that is really um, he's really excited about not only developing an athlete but developing a person and like helping you along your journey and uh, I think that in itself is just so wonderful to have in a coach and um, you know he not only looks at what you're doing in terms of running but also in terms of what you want to do in life and uh, those are conversations that you know we we have great conversations on on life some days and other days you know it's very specific to running but you know most of the time we're talking about books and and uh, what our families are up to and and stuff like that and I think that bringing that aspect into um, the sport and into like then progressing the development in terms of specific goals and all of that definitely um, is just so wonderful to have in a coach and in a team and uh, and you know I, I think it's definitely helped me along my journey so um, yeah, I, I see him helping a lot of a lot of other athletes as well. So you get to the line in, in Kingston at the at the national championships. Uh, you know, pretty pretty early on, it separates into uh, a very solid group out front. Uh, you know, there's there's Claire Sumner, um, the defending champion. Uh, you also have Natasha Wodak, who is you know the the ten thousand meter track record holder uh, in in Canada. There's Kate Ayers, who you are very familiar with. Um, you know, at a certain point, you make that break away from the group. Tell me, what was going through your mind when you decide to, you know, push the pace and and drop those guys behind you? Um, I don't actually know what was going through my mind. I was just having so much fun. Um, you know, I uh, the whole race plan the day before, I was a little bit hesitant because I wasn't sure if I was going to go out too fast. You know, I, I was I was really afraid that I was going to go out too fast, and then so I. I kind of approached this to Dave and Dave just kind of looked at me and said well don't then then don't go out too fast he's like tuck in and just follow the follow the lead group and um so yeah so that's what and uh and you know I, I knew that Natasha and Claire and uh, among amongst all of the others that were in, in the lead group you know Lindsay Carson Tamara Jewett there, there was um uh you know Victoria Coates and Talia Hathorne um and then Kate, you know, I knew that, that a lot of them were more experienced in, in running the 10K, as in they had run a 10K before, um, and, uh, and or they were Natasha and, and our Canadian record holders. So I knew that they knew their paces and uh, that by following them, you know, I, I would be guided through the race a little bit more. And, um, you know, I quite literally stuck on to Natasha and the fact that, like, uh, in about I think about the 700 meter mark we almost went the wrong way um, but then like we just kind of like deeped out it was just kind of a funny moment because we both laughed and and um, and you know so um, with the first two laps I just kind of followed their lead and uh, then um, I kept kind of like the goal was to every lap just kind of reevaluate and see where I was at and so about the second lap you know I was feeling really good and I was quite surprised because it was reaching the the 5k 6k points and and um, I just kind of looked over at Dave and you know we kind of exchanged a glance of like yeah things are going really well 
And um, as we were going down the hills, like, I just kept kind of making a gap, not on purpose, just I would let my legs go and, and the gap would start to form. And um, so then, you know, around the, the 7K mark, I, I had then made a little bit of a gap. And uh, at that point, kind of realized there was no turning back and um so i kind of pressed the gas pedal after that and uh and you know you never know if someone's going to come up on your shoulder or what and at that point i didn't know how far back anyone was so i just kind of kept my eyes forward it wasn't until i started zigzagging in through the crowd that i actually turned back to see if there was someone there uh because i didn't know if there was anyone there or not and um Luckily, I didn't see anyone, so then I was like, okay, well, I guess we're clear. Like, keep going. Um, but, yeah, Dave kept telling me to, like, keep things steady and, and, and such. So um, so I did, and uh, and then, yeah, things turned out really well. I was uh, so pleasantly surprised with, uh, with the 10K, and, um, you know, the hurt. I kept waiting for the hurt to come in, and finally, um, in the last kilometer, it, it did. And, uh, and, yeah, 10K is quite long, but um, excited to do it again, I guess. <laughs> You know, you, you mentioned uh, your your teammate Kate Ayers. She ended up coming fourth. Um, she's just had one heck of a year. I mean, she she went sub sub four ten in the fifteen hundred this summer. Um, you know, she she did really well at at Ontario Cross, and then then fourth in in such a stacked stack field. Uh, you know, at cross country nationals this year. What has it been like to to train with her, and you know, just see this see this progress and these achievements? Uh, you know, over the over this year. Yeah, Kate has been such a treat. Um, you know, I, Kate and I, we we get along really, really well, and um, I just love having her around. And it always every day, like you know, when you get to go to practice, and um, Kate and now Jenna, part of our group, um, and all of the girls on the Griffin squad, you know, it's just such a cool environment, and everyone's you know focused and determined, but at the same time um, working with each other. And I think it was pretty clear early on that. Um, you know, Kate had a lot of untapped potential. So here's this lacrosse kid showing up with baggy shorts. And, um, you know, every once in a while in her first year, she would run with the, with the Griffin squad. And, uh, and you would just see this girl going so fast. And, but she was able to sustain it. And, you know, she was playing another sport. And, um, you know, she was excited about the sport and stuff. And, uh, so there's this one good memory, you know, I, we were out pool running in her, in her first semester of, of school. And, um, I was, I was almost finishing my, my collegiate career. And, and, uh, so I just kind of looked over at her and I was like, what, what do you want to do out of sport? Like, what are your dreams? And, um, she was like, oh, I really, really want to represent Canada, uh, for lacrosse. And, um, I just kind of looked at her and I was like, oh, cool. Like, have you ever thought about running? And, um, she just kind of laughed and was like, ha yeah, like as if. And um, it turned out that that summer she actually got to represent Canada at World Juniors in um, Oregon. And, you know, I think that year was, was kind of a good year for her to learn quickly what international competition was and, and kind of see where she could uh, she could head towards. Um, after that, you know, she, she had a few years where she, she just literally grew and, um, and developed as a human and... Uh, but, you know, she kept on training and she kept her head down. And, you know, Kate is a grinder. She will, she will stick with you through anything. And um, it's just been amazing to work with her and, 
and see her progress throughout the years. And, you know, last year was just incredible to finally see all of this work come through um, to fruition. And, uh, yeah, I was I was just so pumped for her to, to have such a good year. And, um, you know, as she crossed the line for, for that 410, or sub 410, and, and um, her at nationals, you know, you could quite literally see these, like, weights being lifted off her shoulder and finally being able to realize that potential because, you know, for the past couple of years, she's been sticking on me, on my shoulder. And uh, so it's been fun to, to kind of finally see that come come out. And, you know, I'm just so excited to see where she can head to in the next couple of years. Like you said, you know, she had a wonderful cross-country season. Um, and, you know, both of us have been working really, really well together. So um, not only has it been really great for her, but, you know, I've, I've really benefited from from the teammate and uh, from the partnership and from the friendship. And, uh, um, you know, I'm just, I'm excited for, for her future in running, but also her future in life. You know, she's, she's just one of the most genuine, cool people. And uh, I think that she's going to go really far. So I'm pretty stoked to see how, how far she can go. You've mentioned that uh, that you do want to run on the on the cross country team, uh, you know, going to Worlds this year. And that, uh, I, I don't know, that, in the past, they've they've had a hard time, you know, attracting stars of your caliber to to run on on this sort of thing. But that being said, this is this is probably the latest I've ever seen the the track world championships, uh, you know, ever take place in a year as well too, with it happening, you know, September October next year. What uh, what were the factors that that made you decide that that you wanted to go run in Denmark? Yeah, um, you know, I think. Uh every year you kind of self-evaluate as to what your goals are going to be. And, you know, you have your long-term goals and, and then um, your short-term goals kind of, kind of vary. And uh, this year, you know, after, after having a bit of a tough summer season, um, I was ready to kind of switch things up a little bit and uh, go back to your roots. So um, heading into cross country, you know, I, I ran a, a trail race. I ran a few local road races in, in New Brunswick and, um, and then, Throughout the fall, you, I kind of discussed with Dave the potential to maybe maybe do World Cross, and and um, it wasn't really on the radar. And then as we approached nationals, you know, we kind of talked a little bit more about it, and uh, and it really made sense um, to do to do uh, World Cross. It being in Denmark is also um, really convenient. You know, in the past, it's been in Asia or or in some other places that that might be more difficult to travel to, but. Um, in Denmark, it's a pretty quick trip. It's uh, it's not too far, and um, and it's a nice place to go. So, um, you know, I think that's probably one one benefit of it all. You know, the other thing is definitely World Championships being so late. Um, it gives you the opportunity to kind of push that winter season a little bit, and um, and then kind of take the the summer season and head into the fall. So. I think that's what we'll do. Likely I'll um, head over to Denmark and then come back and and do some altitude training and then head into the summer season. So um, I think it'll work out well in terms of uh, being able to do some indoor races and then head over um, to NACAC in uh, Trinidad and then come back and then jump across the pond uh, for for Worlds. But yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, I am really happy that, um, you know, we're getting a, a really stacked team. And, you know, I think the selection criteria um, changing that a little bit to uh, to incorporate some of some of the elite runners that you know might not have been ready for for a fall season, but uh, could be ready for for a winter season and head into to World Cross is 
is also very interesting and it makes it you know more more exciting and more accessible to to some of the athletes that like potentially don't even live in Canada during the fall and uh, so I'm really looking forward to, to seeing who's on that team um, and uh, to hopefully you know we have a really stacked team uh, if it's just the top four you know it's going to be incredible so um, yeah I think it's going to be really fun. You know, uh, at Speed River, there has always been good representation uh, amongst the Maritimers. Uh, you know, Eric Gillis was there for years. Uh, you, of course, are, are from out east yourself. Uh, Robert Winslow, you know, spent spent quite a bit of time out there. Now, when Eric left last year, you know, there's there's one less. However, you picked up one in how ha- in one Mike Tate, who is also a guest on this week's show. Um, you know, do you guys have? Uh, you know, do do you guys communicate in, in East Coast sort of ways? Do you guys have any uh, any any secret uh, signs that you guys pass pass back and forth to each other? Secret signs that would be cool, man. We we should, we haven't talked about that. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, Mike has been an awesome guy, and uh, yeah, it's really great to have to have a true maritimer um, out out here. And uh, you know, I think he's really enjoying the group. Um, but, but there's also, uh, you know, Andrew LeBlanc and Brady Graves on, on the university squad. Um, so yeah, so we're kind of, we're kind of around. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's one, it just speaks to the testament of, of Maritimers, you know, they're just wonderful people. And, uh, so it's just so great to have another friendly face around, um, and, uh, and a, and a great dude in, in Mike, you know. Uh, and he again is just a very hard worker and, and someone who has a lot of um, untapped potential that uh, that we're we're kind of finally seeing uh, come through. So um, I think it's just great to have him around. And uh, but yeah, it's pretty awesome to have another Maritimer. You know, I was pretty sad when Eric left, but um, you know he was ready to move back. And uh, fair enough, I, I get it. You know, I, I miss my seafood enough, but uh, <laughs> luckily I get to travel back um, from time to time. So. Um, you know, maybe I'll bring some back for for the rest of the gang this next time. <laughs> sounds sounds good. Sounds good. Now I know you've you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but uh, you know, if you could sum up your three big goals or three big goals for the next year, what what would they be? For the next year, I guess uh, we'll be, um, you know, dropping that uh, Canadian record again in the three thousand meter steeplechase, um, heading to World Championships and. P- trying to make a final and, and trying to do well in that final. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, yeah, doing well at world cross. I think that'll be another exciting thing. And, and, uh, so yeah. She is Jean-Vierre Lalonde and she is the 2018 cross country champion, uh, in Canada, of course. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's been good to have you on the show. It's always good to have you on the show. Uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you much. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, both Mike and Jean-Viev, as well to Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so at the Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter. We're also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, Tracky.ca. Big thanks to you for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. <laughs>